Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's League One Preview podcast here on the Lower League. Look, I am once again joined by Callum. Good evening, Callum. Good evening, Sam. How are we? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Tired, but I'm not doing too bad. <laughs> I'm not doing too bad. I think I think a few words might get muddled up today, but hopefully, we'll, we'll, hopefully this is still coherent enough for people listening. Like, like we said last week, as long as you don't call uh, Burton Albion the Imps, I'm sh- uh, Bert, not Burton. Well. Boston United, the Imps, you'll be all right. Well, I think, judging by what I've been putting on Twitter recently, Burton Albion might get called a few worse things <laughs> at the start of this podcast. But uh, we'll get on to that in due course, I think. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this week, with the amount of fixtures that were, happened last night, so as we're recording this on Wednesday, the midweek fixtures happened. So we're going to quickly run through uh, a bit of last night, and then we'll go through this week's four in-depth games, which are Bolton versus Charlton. Derby versus Stevenage, Cheltenham versus Port Vale, and Peterborough versus Blackpool, and we will then give our predictions on the remaining eight games as like a go, uh, quick go around at the end. If you wanted to know how we did last week in terms of getting score predictions right, I, how I'd many awfully, do you think we got correct? Uh, to get between us, I'd say two. <laughs> yeah, we, we between us we got two. We did got we, one did each. We have- I'm yeah. great at predicting how many we got right, but <laughs> yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head which one you got correct. But I actually got the Orient Barnsley score correct in the end, oh. which is quite depressing. Um, which one did I get right? I, we, I think neither of us got Port Vale Stevenage. No, that, I, they... you. Oh. I I can't remember off the top of my head, and I've accidentally closed the notes page down. But we've again, we're going to be doing that this week as we go through, and I'll actually make better notes this week of the score predictions. So. <laughs> In terms of the, quickly, uh, go last. Uh, we go through last night. Uh, Bolton got a two-one victory against Wickham, which puts them one point off second place, Derby County, with their two games in hand. Um, Cheltenham got an, another impressive victory, another clean sheet, a two-nil victory at home to Blackpool. 
Um, and in terms of Blackpool, they are now sitting in ninth place and now falling away ever so slightly from the playoff places. Um, we've obviously got Blackpool in our deep dive later, but I just wanted to quickly ask you on Blackpool. Are they now settling? Because I think they're eight, about eight points off the playoffs now. Do you think their playoff sort of dream for the season is now gone? I mean, I know, I know Oxford earlier were winless in four, but you, you look at you look at Blackpool now. They've got a draw, a loss, a draw, and another loss in their last four games. So even if they weren't settling, that's not great form. And you know, as of last week, we were basically saying whether it, you know that match that Blackpool were involved in was was huge, and obviously then get a result that they that they needed to. And you know, we weren't saying that Leighton Orient were in a a playoff push. So if if we were saying that Leighton Orient weren't in a playoff push and they're now ahead of Blackpool, mm. I think even if Blackpool fans you know would want a playoff push, I think they can they can count themselves out of it now. Yeah, I think considering they've scored 48 league goals this season and Jordan Rhodes now hasn't, I think he's scored like three in 10. It kind of yeah. says something about, about Blackpool. But again, we'll get we'll get onto there a little bit later on. Exeter uh, lost 3-0 uh, to Derby. Um, Fleetwood in, in, improved again and in their impressive little revival, getting a valuable point against Reading, who themselves mm-hmm. are pulled away from the relegation zone with one defeat in 13. Uh, Leighton Orang got a last-minute winner against uh, Northampton. Um, that was possibly one of the best games of football I've ever watched and also the most frustrating, <laughs> uh, putting us, as we now seven points off the playoffs and having to play near enough every team above us coming up. So that'd be interesting. Uh, Oxford United are back into the playoffs after three consecutive draws with a 4-2 win over Wigan Athletic. Uh, Portsmouth uh, got a 3-1 victory against Cambridge United. Um, and do we finally think Portsmouth are going to go up this year? They currently sit seven points clear of third place Bolton, who do though have two games in hand. The Portsmouth's kryptonite is that there's still 13 games of the season remaining. <laughs> so <laughs> if we were having this conversation in, in you know in five, ten games time, I'd say, yeah. But this is Portsmouth. So you can I don't think you can ever confidently bet on them to do to do well. But I think that that Derby County results a really weird one. It just goes to show how numbers can can play tricks on you because you, you look at the last last three games of the top three. Bolton have picked up um five points, Derby have picked up seven, Portsmouth have picked up nine. Yet weirdly I remember last week we were saying well I, I think my opinion was that Derby were gonna were gonna win the league, Portsmouth maybe second, Bolton third or so I can't remember. But last week we was I was confident that Derby and Bolton would go up. And literally, you know, we've had you know, okay, we've had two fixtures since then. But now you're thinking Derby are probably going to finish third. Bolton are going to finish first and Portsmouth second, maybe. But, you mm. know, that's if all teams win all their remaining games. And you're just like, it, it's really weird how in just two games, your whole perception of the league can change despite Derby picking up that, you know, that, that 3-0 win away from home at Exeter, which isn't easy on a... No on a Tuesday night. It's really weird how just one round, well, one week of fixtures, four days in football can completely change your perception Mm -hmm. of of how the league stands. So I don't know, we could be having this conversation in, in a week's time and we're just saying, yeah, Portsmouth have bottled it again. (laughs) You never know, do you? So we we, will have to wait and see. I think Portsmouth fans, phones and laptops won't survive the season. If they don't go up this year, there will be, 
phones <laughs> all over the pavements of Portsmouth if that was to happen. Yeah. I think, uh, well, you know, Curry's could probably open a new store down in, <laughs> in Portsmouth, get a few extra sales there with the replacement devices. <laughs> um, Shrewsbury got a 1-1 draw against Barnsley. Barnsley, again, with a 90th minute either equaliser slash winger, uh, winner, which can only be good for them as they are now climbed into fourth, overtaking Peterborough, who we will get on to a little bit later on. Sorry, uh, I can't help but laugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, Stephen has lost a two-goal lead, which is very unlike Steve Evans, um, against Bristol Rovers. Um, on um, Stevenage, collectively, we... everyone cheered. Yeah, I think <laughs> everyone, we all did, didn't we? Really, everyone celebrated. Um, again, we'll, we've got Stevenage in our deep dive, so we'll, we'll go on to them in in the deep dive. And Charlton Athletic continued not to win a football games, drawing one-one with Lincoln City, which gave them their first point under Nathan Jones. Um, and they're just two points above the drop, having played uh, two to three games more than the teams below them. Um, there was two games called off last night. Um, I'm going to ask your opinion on these. One of them was uh, Carlisle versus Burton. someone, uh, Burton, your favourite team. And the other one was uh, Peterborough versus Port Vale. Now, these were called off, especially the Carlisle one, about an hour before kickoff. And to my knowledge, there was no announcement of a pitch inspection no. that was going to take place. Is it now? Is, it's really weird, isn't it? I, I don't yeah. know what's gone on because I don't think it ever used to be this bad with no. with late pitch inspections. I really don't know what's going on. I mean, just from a, from a Lincoln City perspective, we saw this year we had a match called off before a ball was even kicked, mm. but everyone was already warming up on the ground because of a frozen pit that was at Accrington Stanley. I think that was in the in the EFL trophy or way back when. And you're just thinking, why, what is wrong with this? You know, you look at, you know, these groundsmen, you know, I, I don't mean to be rude to these groundsmen because obviously a lot of them are talented and they know more mm. about grass than I ever will do, right? <laughs> but what confuses the heck out of me is how did how did you not know? How, how did you not know, especially that Burton pitch? How did you not know that that wasn't going to be playable? Like, yeah, I, that's just unacceptable. Especially not telling fans, well, especially because Carlisle's not exactly around the corner. No, if you let it's, fans it's, know. It's like a three hour drive, isn't it? For yeah. nearly three, four nearly hours. Three, four hours. All you've got to do is look at the weather forecast. Right. Is our pitch boggy at the moment? Yes. Right. We're going to do a precautionary pitch inspection at this game kicks off at five o'clock and we'll make just a judgment. If it's wrong, fine if it's correct brilliant and it's just a case of yes i understand they want to get the games on and we're at the point in the season where saturday tuesdays are extremely common but i'm sure there's a week a week free where they could just rearrange a game um i just what i don't get about like burton albion as well is they they were obviously a former championship side albeit for only two seasons mm. right but you know, I, I put this on a tweet. They train at the best facility mm. in the country. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's St. George's Park, having been there on a few occasions because I'm from the area. It is an incredible facility. Nothing, you know, I've never seen anything quite like it. The difference between what they must be training on and what they play on is is mind-blowing. And you look at... You, you look at that pitch when Lincoln played there a few a few weeks ago. You looked at the pitch, and even then it was shocking. 
Mm. I mean, I, I get in the in the in the Peterborough United Port Vale fixture. Um, I think they cited unpredicted rain. I, I just look at the Met Office people. Come on, it's, it's Are you, would you want hard. to believe the Met Office? Well, well, a bit more reliable than uh, than other weather outlets. I I, I don't <laughs> find the Met Office is quite reliable. So there you go. But <laughs> but still, like I do, I just don't know how can you. I, I just it really gets me, and how you cannot. I mean, obviously, Port Vale and Peterborough, you know, it's still a trek, but it's nowhere near mm. as far as 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 Carlisle, Burton, and you know, obviously, there's that desire to get the game on. But in Carlisle's point of view, you're going down. Why bother trying yeah. to even rush getting that game on? Yeah, that they're they are finished. I agree. It's it's it, it really boggles the mind sometimes why you don't even just think about it. Like to me, it kind of reeks of a bit not laziness. I don't want to say it's lazy. Just inspect the ground anyway. Like, yeah. Just. Oh. I think for Peterborough, oh. it's quite um, convenient as well with the sort of squad they've got at the moment because they obviously had no right back because I think one of them got sent off at the weekend. They signed one. They have a recognised. They have no have a recognised one really now, do they? They they signed someone today. I can't remember the name of the person, but they signed a right back today. And if they knew the rain was coming, it's quite convenient that the game got called <laughs> off with, especially with the form they're in as well. And it's very easy just to take the water covers off the pitch and go, right. And Whoops. just pray that it rains and gets didn't the game mean, called off. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't predict that that one would flood. Uh, oh, well. Oh um, no. We're, we're going to have a, we have a fully fit squad for our weekend game with Blackpool. Oh uh, no. Ponte Daily Campbell uh, has joined Peter Knight. That's the name on loan from Cardiff. I can't say I've ever heard of him or seen him play, to be honest. It looks like a unit. If I like, it looks like a, a big, <laughs> strong. It doesn't look like a flying forward right back that you see in the modern game. But there we go. Interesting yeah. signing. Yeah, so for Peterborough, it's obviously a bit of a concerning time, but we will get on on to them. So the first big preview um, is Bolton versus Charlton, and Callum, I gave you this game. So uh, what what you got for us? I mean, this is. I don't get me wrong, you know, there's this whole new manager bounce theory, but you've, you've, this really isn't, it's it's not going to even be a contest, I don't think, and I, gen, I think we'll see Charlton in the bottom four uh, come Saturday evening, is is pretty much uh, as, as simple as it goes, really. Um, you know, obviously we got that, that late, I say late winner, it was second half equaliser, was it Freddie Ledapo uh, mm-hmm. against Lincoln? Uh, on on Tuesday night, which you know, as I can tell you, mid concert, seeing that notification come through on my uh, <laughs> on my football scores app, I think I said out loud for fuck's sake. Um, but still, you know, um, just Bolton a Bolton a, a second. Well, I think that they're, they're one of the form teams of at the minute, aren't they? You yeah. know, they're, they're very good. Um, what I will predict is there'll be goals. There, I think there'll be quite a few in this one. Um, Bolton have nearly got 70% of their games in the league this year with more than, well, I think this is at home, 70% of their games in the league have got more than two and a half goals. Um, And if Bolton get that first goal, there's a 91% chance of them winning. So, um, and then you stack that up against Charlton's record. (laughs) They only score first in 27% of away games. And that first goal typically comes in the 56th minute. So... There's no chance they hold Bolton for 56 there minutes. Is, with... There is no chance, is there really? 
So I yeah, I think it's it's going to be quite the one-sided. I think personally, uh, obviously previously it was it was two nil um, at the in the reverse fixture, but I just I think it'll it'll be probably a Bolton three niller, and that's all that she wrote. I think for for this one. And interestingly, so in terms of Bolton, have, uh, as to be expected, I think have the best home record in the league with eleven wins, two draws, and three losses. Um, and Charlton are around where they are in the league in terms of having the 16th best away record of six wins, four draws and seven losses. Um, but if you're a statistician, stacked, stacked, oh, I can't say the bloody word. Um, that's you're the right word. the first time. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you that, yeah. um, in, terms of ex- in terms of expected points, if you believe all that stuff, Bolton are actually 13 points better off than they should be and um, two better places up in the league. So it's not like a big swing. Um, but Charlton are actually 11 points underachieving and should be comfortably mid-table. Um, my concern for Charlton is we had this discussion um, three or four weeks ago with Charlton. Yes, we know they can score goals. Yes, they have dried up recently as well. But the problem was always their defence. They've conceded 49 goals, which is only worse, is only it's only, only worse by the record. bottom two, isn't it? Bottom two, yeah. Fleetwood and, and Carlisle have only conceded more than them. And you can score as many goals as you want, but if you're losing four three, hmm. what was it? it's? What I will say is that Northampton in twelfth have conceded forty seven. So <laughs> it's one of them that even if you can, you know, it's like the good old, like it's like how I play football manager. Cool, concede three goals. But go out there and score four, and they're, oh, they're I'm not the complete opposite. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound mean to Charlton Athletic, but they're just not scoring four goals, are they? No. <laughs> and obviously, Nathan you Jones. At, you look at how many goals they've scored. You have to go all the way up to fourteenth to see a side that scored more goals than mm. than them in the league. You know, you got Shrewsbury who are one one place ahead of them, and they've scored just more than half. They've scored twenty three. Bolton of uh, Charlton have scored forty four. Yeah. This this league table's full of really weird. It's numbers. very weird, isn't it? It's <laughs> so very weird very weird. Oh, it's kind of I... exciting, excitingly weird, but not if you're a Charlton Athletic <laughs> fan. Um, but yes, let's say that let's say they do get tonked by Bolton. Nathan Jones is obviously adopting sort of the same system the previous managers have with the back three, and he's always been renowned for playing a back three. My only concern with it, it's going to be very similar ideas to what other managers have come in with in terms of system. There's no freshness to it. And obviously Nathan Jones, we, we he's got a good track record at Luton. We're shit at Stoke and we're shit at Southampton. He's obviously been out of management, obviously for a year as well. And we know he's a bit of a nutcase as well. Yeah. Bit of a loose cannon. In the position Charlton are in, they probably don't want someone to be a loose cannon no. because he's just going to say what he thinks and absolutely crucify any sort of mistake. Um, and you, do, as, do you think players enjoy playing that back three slash five? It might just have been me, like you know, when you're playing in the in the junior leagues, but everyone always plays four at the back. So then, when you go into this professional game, to suddenly have to, uh, you know, to play three or five at the back it's, it is a completely different system and you know okay i, I mm. get that with with the quality of the premier league you'll have players that that can play in 
that system easily. But at, at League One level, you know, no disrespect to the players, they're a million times better than I could ever be. But do you just think for a case, you know, with Chart and Athletic, do you just think they're overcomplicating it? Yeah, I, I can see, I could see that. I think with the player, the personnel they've got, I think I still think a back four would be best for them. Um, I just don't. If you've think... got, if you've got a manager like Nathan Jones that just likes flying off the hook, going a bit mental sometimes, you at least want to do that with a structure you knows work, you know that works, and trying to get a bunch of completely different players that you haven't picked, hmm. a side that doesn't suit necessarily your style of play. And to say, right, you're now playing this five at the back, three at the back system, whatever you want to call it. And to just force these players to to fit this mould that really doesn't suit them. To me, it makes it makes no sense. And I think it, the more you try and persist with that method, it, it won't work. I think that's what we saw with, with Lincoln, you know, talking, you know, I'm talking off, off like what I know off the top of my head. We've seen Lincoln kind of move away from this this five at the back, three at the back system. Okay, we still play three at the back a lot of the time, especially when defending and whatever. But when we're, you know, a lot of the time it, it moves into this four three three shape attacking. Mm. And that's where Lincoln are good now. You know, we, we look like a, an exciting side attacking. Do you not just think that that's what a team struggling, you know, you your Port Vales, your Cheltenham, your Charlton's, your Shrewsbury's. They just need to keep it simple because that's what wins your points at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, sometimes it is going. It is just going back to basics. And I think with the back three, I think you need very specialist players to play the roles that you ask of them nowadays, and you especially don't get your wing-backs. And you don't get that at this level. Unless you are literally playing a flat back five and your wing-backs are not wing-backs, they just sit in a line and that's that you can probably get away with it. But I I personally think playing a back four just just works better, especially in but possession. I think the only side that should be playing a flat back five is Portsmouth on the last day of the season when they only need a point <laughs> yeah. and they still concede a goal playing a flat back five. They, they should just stick everyone on the line like they did on uh, like back oh. in old school FIFA pro clubs, just everybody yeah. on the line and then try and break <laughs> us down. Yeah, but it's Portsmouth. You know, they'll still somehow concede on the last day of the season. <laughs> somehow, someone promoted. Someone will somehow handle the ball, and that, and then they won't go up. Yeah. Um, well, that's Portsmouth for you, anyway. Back to the the topic in hand. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't want to wish any side ill, other than maybe Peterborough and sometimes Burton Albion when their ground is playable. Um, but I just think, you know. Nathan Jones, you, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to make a diamond out of what is essentially coal at the moment. Mm. And, you know, the, the potential is there to make it happen one day. But that process takes months, well, years. And you've got, in the case of Charlton, 14 games to do it. And it just ain't happening. So no. keep it simple. Yeah. And obviously playing games go. more, playing the game, playing more games than the teams around them, obviously. Yeah. isn't going to help them. Um, their goal difference is actually quite impressive, but only the minus five. Um, so there you've gone you go. for a 3-0 Bolton win, yeah. and I've gone for a 2-1 Bolton win in this game. Well, um, well congratulations, Charlton, on the three points. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be nil-nil. We've, yeah. we've passed it out with loads of goals, so it'll be it'll be nil-nil. Well, there you go, um, Nathan Jones. Take your tactical advice from me, a guy who's combined, played about 
300 hours on Football Manager this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Beautiful um, stuff. So the next game we will cover will be Derby County versus Stevenage. Um, a Derby County side who are having the Paul Warren effect at this point in the season, are sitting in second place, have had a very good second half of the season um, after fans were calling for his head in the first part of the season. Um, they are currently sit third in the form table in their last five games and are currently unbeaten in their last four. Um, Stevenage are on a little bit of a wobble, which, to be honest, I think everyone kind of expected at some point they were going to have a wobble. Um, they sit 13th in the form table in their last five games and currently have no win in three. Um, obviously, bottling a 2-0 lead last night to Bristol Rovers, who had 10 men as well. Um, I've seen that red card. It, it was extremely, extremely harsh. And conveniently, Steve Evans um, didn't complain about the referee from what I could see last night. Because did he I don't not? think he could. No, not from what I heard. He did on Saturday. Oh. The bingo card was definitely getting ticked <laughs> off after that game. Um, but he is one manager. Every time Stephen is with, I have to listen to his post-match just to see what he says. Um, and I, and I, I don't think I've ever heard him blame himself. But I'm pretty sure when he was at Gillingham, this sort of thing happened. They were up and around and then they kind of fell away towards the end of the season. Um, my biggest sticking point with Stevenage at the moment is obviously they signed Craig McGillivary on loan from, I think it was MK Dons. Yeah. Um, and he's played the last five games. Um, and that's kind of coincided with Stevenage coming out of form. I was surprised that he changed the goalkeeper because, to be honest, Ashby Hammond um, didn't actually do anything wrong. Let me, yeah, let me, let me double check this, but who did um, Craig McGilvery used to play for? Uh, he was at Portsmouth. Was he at Portsmouth? Yeah. There we go. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think, do you know what? It's not the Portsmouth effect, isn't it? It's the, it's the Craig McGilvery effect. That's Craig why McGill- they on it. <laughs> <laughs> the Craig McGilvery effect. The Portsmouth effect is happening everywhere. It's being spread. This isn't Portsmouth slander anymore. I'm just going to get a letter through the post from Craig McGilvery <laughs> and say, can you stop slandering me, please? <laughs> uh, I would like a professional career still. Please leave me alone. Um, oh, dear. So in terms of the reverse fixture, Stevenage actually won that 3-1 back in October. Um, the expected points, Stevenage are near enough where they are in the table. Um, Derby have seven more points than they should have, but um, they sit. They should be third in terms of expected points, but they're second, so that's not exactly a big, a big surprise. Um, it's probably two teams with very similar styles, very direct. Um, Stevenage is probably a bit more elbows in your face with Piagiani and people like that. Um, Derby do have, I think, that technical ability in terms of, I think, they'll get at um, Stevenage, especially down the flanks, where obviously I think Stevenage are probably weakest out wide. Um, and obviously James Collins is, we know what James Collins possesses at this sort of level. When you've got Barkus and Blackett-Taylor, um, Sibley um, all supplying you, you're, I think... I think the firepower will just an experience mm. in Derby's team will will get them over the line. Um, Derby's home record is impressive: eight wins, four draws, and three losses. And Stevenage's away record is equally impressive with nine wins, two draws, and five losses. Um, but with the form Stevenage are on, I just think they're running a little bit out of steam, um, which is brilliant for people that like Steve Evans Bingo. Um, when do you think I, I complain that? all the teams have to play each other twice. Uh, End of the season. Complain. 
yeah, they'll get to the end of the season. Just like, well, if we only had to play Derby once, or if we only had to play <laughs> all the teams, like it'll just say, why couldn't we have just played the teams in the bottom half of the league? Then we'd have won. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll be moaning about VAR. It, I honestly believe this weekend <laughs> they are. I've put it's going to be a one-all draw in this game because I think Steve Evans will just literally park the bus and they'll hit them, hit Derby on the counter-attacks. The Derby fans will get pissed off that they aren't beating, and I mm. use this in inverted commas, clubs like Stevenage. I don't um, think you have to use that in inverted commas. It, no, nah, probably Steven, not. It? <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, just, I just think Stevenage obviously play like a narrow diamond as well, and Derby seem to play with quite a lot of width. Um, I, I just think Derby... As much as I put a one-all draw, I'm now debating with myself that I've put the wrong scoreline. Um, yeah, I think I think this will be a derby win. You know, I can't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not quite. I'm not. I'm not just saying this because I have quite a few friends in derby. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think there's there is this. What what I like in a club is a club that has this positive atmosphere around it. And I was looking on um, on on Radio Derby commentator um, and presenter Dominic Dietrich. His like you know his because he was at the game, obviously covering it for for local BBC. And just the the reaction of the fans after winning that after obviously I mean you know any fans going to be happy after a three 0 win, but mm. they just looked very happy, which mm. is all to say. But there's just you know there's just this real good feel factor. Around the the club at the moment, and I, I just mm-hmm. quite, like that. and I think obviously with Stevenage on, you know, not a bad run of form, but like you say, running a bit out of steam, you kind of get the sense that that feel good factor is not necessarily around Steve Evans. Maybe the, mm. you know, maybe that, and you know, that plays a huge run of form, and you, you know, you know, Stevenage could turn around, and if they win this two nil, then we could see them, you know pushing up to fourth come the end of the season mm. but I, I'd probably give this a derby a 2-0 2-0 I, you know, I don't know obviously you, you, they are quite direct and you know cashing against against some sides has been quite weak at, at mm. times you know again especially with a more physical approach then you know that that is quite a worry I, I'd, I'd say but he seems to have you know picked that up recently so he seems to be all right i just have yeah you... I, I can see it as a two nil personally two nil i have now changed my prediction to three one to derby because of this oh, um copy, copy have that. you watched cashin try and run like off like down a channel i saw his highlight reel against lincoln city and uh i don't think i think that the shocking thing was was after that game um, despite being bullied all day by i think it was it was it joe taylor and freddie draper i think it was mm. their first game together or something like that but after that game, he still managed to get into the team of the week. And every Lincoln City fan was just like, how the heck has that happened? So, um, but yeah, he's not, I don't think he, he doesn't like someone who sticks up. I think he's almost offended that someone dare try and run at him. <laughs> it's, it's like when you watch a YouTube video in like uh, 0.5 speed, that is literally how he runs. And to be honest, I don't know why teams don't exploit him a little bit more because he's not the biggest of centre halves. I think he's about five foot eleven, so he's not physically built in terms of like Jamie Reid will probably have a field day in the air along with Vadine Oliver. Mm. And if you put the ball down the channel, he, he's not getting it. Um, 
But I, I think Derby County just win because of the individual quality in this game. I just I just think they're a better side. And obviously, you know, obviously you look at the home record, Derby, it's impressive. Obviously not the not the best in the world, is it? But um I just think that that you know, Pride Park is, is such a huge stadium. It's such a great yeah. atmosphere as well. So I I think I, I yeah. I think Stevenage, if they get a draw from this, should be very impressed with themselves. Mm. Um but obviously with um with the Derby keeper having the uh, having the third most clean sheets in the league only behind Portsmouth uh, and Bolton of Will Norris and, and Nathan Baxter, then I think it'll be very you know, Stevenage will be very impressed. Very happy, at least, um, if they can if they can get a result from this one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So we're going to quickly go to an ad break, and we'll be talking the final two deep dive games, as well as our uh, final predictions for the remaining League One games. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, welcome back to the League One Preview Podcast. So the next game we are going to cover is the big one at the bottom of the league. It's Cheltenham Town versus new manager Darren Moore, Port Vale. Um, so Callum, first of all, Darren Moore, five and a half year contract is the first thing I'm what? going to say. I'm going to be 26. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be halfway through being 26. That's what that I am time. now, surprise. I've got a little baby face, but I will be 31 when his contract ends, and that's really scary. I mean, you put your happy birthday um, comments below. It'd be my, uh, I think this this will go out on uh, on Saturday morning, won't it? So, uh, mm. you know, uh, wish me happy birthday for Sunday. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll be halfway through being 26 when his contract officially ends. Yeah, it's quite, I mean, it's quite scary I, when you say that. That's just ludicrous, and it for fully. I mean, you know, if if this was Pep Guardiola in mm. the Premier League, even then, I think a few eyebrows would be raised at just saying, you know, you don't want, you don't know what the world of football will look like in five and a half years, do you? So, you know, I get that it, it is a coup for them. Mm. You know, if you'd have said that that Darren Moore would end up at Port Vale come the end of the year, then you know, I think uh, yeah, if you'd have said that twelve months ago. I think everyone would be, you know, thinking what sort of asteroid hit Sheffield <laughs> or wherever. But um, yeah, I mean, fair play. You know, we were doubting Port Vale, weren't we? I think mm. in the last pod, just saying, you know, who wants to go there? Mark Kennedy was, of course, at one point the bookies' favourite. So I think whoever put money on Darren Moore's probably um, 
looking at buying a mansion in LA probably. <laughs> I think I, I think it's a really good like you said, a coup for Port Vale. And I, I, so, I think Darren Moore is the perfect appointment for Port Vale. I think he is a motivator as well. Um obviously hit that that playoff fine uh, semi final. Um Sheffield Wednesday versus Peterborough will live long, long, long in the memory of most neutral football fans. Yeah. Um I just think it's the polar opposite for Nathan Jones as well. I think if you're in a relegation battle, I would rather have Darren Moore as my manager than Nathan Jones. 100%. Um, obviously, he's he's obviously been sold on being backed. He must have it. There's no way he goes there on a five and a half year deal if he's not promised like some sort of project. And that term is used quite a lot, a lot in football nowadays. And the first thing he's got to do is motivate these players. They, to be fair, they have played the least games in the entire league at only 29 after their postponement last night. Um, so they're obviously going to go into this game fresh um, after Cheltenham obviously played on Tuesday night. Um, but they, I reckon there's got to be some sort of break clause in there. If a bigger club comes in for him, he can go and that contract yeah. can be like wavered or something like that. <laughs> you'd um, think so, wouldn't you? You'd like to hope so. Um, because like you said, we rarely see above two to th- maximum three-year deals at this sort of level. Um, but we, we'll see. We will see on Darren Moore. I, I think it's a good appointment. And I if I was... Incredible appointment, yeah. If I was Burton Albion, if I was Cambridge, and if I was Shrewsbury and Charlton, I'd be very, very worried um, about Port Vale. I, I just think it's an incredible signing. Well, signing, appointment. I think, you know, obviously he's... He has managed in the Premier League, hasn't he, with with West Brom, albeit mm. quite quite briefly. But you you just look at wherever he wherever he's been. Okay, it didn't end hugely well at Huddersfield Town, and that was a but, poison chalice going in there. Yeah, but you know Sheffield Wednesday, what a season that was. Mm. I, I I just think he's he's a manager that knows how to read an atmosphere. He knows what the job requires of him at the time. You know, and like you say, you know, obviously that match will live live well in the memory of of the neutral, probably not so well in the memory of Peter Reunited fans, but <laughs> hey, you know, at least at least he can reach a cup final. Um I, you know, it's, it's been a few weeks on, hasn't it? And I'm still slandering Darren Ferguson for that, <laughs> for that comment. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have said it, should you, Darren? Um anyway, but I yeah, I just think you know the thing that amazed me about that game was was how well he read. You know, you see you see the videos of him on the sidelines, and he even when that when that game was going on, and you know they're, they're, they're slowly getting there and slowly getting the goals that they needed to to win the game and, and whatnot. You just you're just thinking about how well he managed his side, mm. and that that was what impressed me about him was in that key moment, which this this relegation scrap could very well come down to, you know, Cheltenham Town are, are there or thereabouts now. We, you know, two wins on a row. Who'd have, who'd have thought this? Cheltenham Town, two wins on a row. They look like they could be there or thereabouts. You know, if they win their games in hand on, on Charlton, they're out the relegation zone. So, yeah. you know, well, getting sidetracked here, but I just, I, I don't know. Like that, that appointment of Darren Moore, like you say, obviously there's there's probably a get out clause in there. Yeah, but it's just what an incredible appointment, especially in that crucial moment. If it does come down to that final game of the season, 
I'd put money on Port Vale staying up over any team. It's quite a pivotal time for Port Vale as well, because they obviously got Cheltenham this weekend. They've then got Reading next Tuesday. Then they've got Lincoln. Then they've got Fleetwood. Derby you can write off. And then they've got Shrewsbury. So they're going into a really pivotal part of their season now. Um, So we'll keep an eye on Port Vale. Um, Cheltenham's home record is five wins, three draws and seven losses. Well, Vale's away record is very, very similar with five wins, three draws and six losses. Um, In terms of XG conceded, Cheltenham are mid-table. And um, in terms of XG, Cheltenham are the second worst in the league with only 28.2 XG. So they're actually underachieving it. Um, any guesses who's the bottom team in terms of XG? I, 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 it might be a guess, but is it is it Carlisle? No, it, it's Shrewsbury Town. Is it? Oh, yeah. well, with how hopeless Carlisle have been, you just kind of expect them to be bottom of all the leagues. If I'm <laughs> So I don't um, think I'm. I don't think I'm ever going to that town, am I, Carlisle? Now, so no. I genuinely think by the by the end of the season, I'll have offended half of League One. But there we go. It gets no, the clicks, I've, it? It gets the clicks if you offend half the people. You know, we get, I've get had that Chal- engagement. <laughs> I've had Charlton fans come at me um, for basically saying they needed to sign defenders over attackers, and that that's gone well for them because they need defenders. Um, yes. <laughs> I, funnily enough, I've not had any Shrewsbury fans after me yet. So thank you. Have you not? No, not yet. Um, so in terms of a score prediction for this game, I've gone for a Cheltenham win. Um, I've gone 2-1, which is incredibly risky, but I just think there's that bit of momentum building at Cheltenham. And yes, a new manager has come in, but he's had very limited time to work with players. So I think you'll see that effect maybe next week rather than straight away. I think it's it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, 2-0 against Blackpool is is nothing to... There's nothing to laugh at, is it really? But no. I I can see a Darren Moore side coming in and just immediately not a statement win, but a one nil Port Vale. One nil. I can I can see it happening. Um just with a with a very strong resolute defence and then scoring in like the sixtieth minute. Okay. I'm gonna make a note of that as well. Just to By say, the way, I'll give you I a... think I realised. I think if we're if we're looking at the predictions from last week, I think I got the Lincoln City game spot on. I think I did. Was it me that said two one last week to Lincoln? I think it was anyway. Yeah, I believe it was. I think it was that game that I got spot on. So at least at least we know our own teams then. We know our own teams. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that covers that game. So our final deep preview is uh, Peterborough versus Blackpool. Um. Out of form, Peterborough versus a very, very inconsistent and out of form as well, Blackpool. Um, both teams only have one win in their last five and are near enough on exactly the same sort of form. Um, it's an important game now. for It's a big game for both teams. Peterborough, who we all tipped to finish in the top two, scoring for fun. I think Kwame Poku's out injured, which has obviously been a big miss. Um, but they are now seven points off second with only one game in hand now. Um, and Stevenage, sitting in seventh, are only three points off from having played the same amount of games. Imagine Peterborough drop out them playoffs with the squad they've got. Imagine I think, that. I think we'd all just laugh. I think we would all laugh as well. We will. I think we all would laugh personally. Like you know, and do you know what? Imagining it now brings a smile to the face. <laughs> Sorry, I, it... you know. 
I just, it just, it would make me laugh. It would make me smile. Stranger things have happened at Peterborough, but let's say at game week, match week 35, so in four games' time, they are sit in seventh or eighth place. Then they'll win the Outside the playoffs. And they'll Do win the think... league, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> Do we think they could sack Darren Ferguson? Because they've no. done that before. They'll leave him there till the end of the season. They'll just go, Do you know what, Darren? You've lost, I don't know. I won't make the gag again, but like, I just, fun. yeah, you, you said it for me. You know, if I, I just think, yeah, that, that Peterborough United side just, they're too if, good for this league. They are, t- they're too good. But then I, th- I think Peterborough United are the definition of a team that's, you know, there's a few teams that you could put into this bracket, but they're the definition of a side that's too good for this league, but not good enough for the league above. Mm. And I, I think they'll always perennially be stuck in that cycle. So Peterborough United fans, what, what would you rather have? A side that is frustratingly fighting near the top of the league or a side that is just getting relegated anyway? Mm. Like what you, you choose, really. So it's up to you, I think. Um, so in terms of like, uh, stats for this game, uh, the XG conceded Peterborough are the fourth best in terms of conceding XG, only bettered by Lincoln City, Bolton Wanderers and Derby County. Um, Peterborough are still the top scorers in the league with 59 goals um, and have the league's highest XG, which is not surprising. Um, Blackpool currently sit fifth for XG, which doesn't overly surprise me, considering they've also scored 48 goals, which isn't shabby. Um, Away from home, uh, Blackpool's away record is very, very poor. Three wins, four draws and eight losses. And Peterborough's home record is excellent with eight wins, four draws and two losses. So we all know what's going to happen this weekend. Um, they um, changed their system last time out. Uh, Peterborough, I think they lost 5-2 to Wickham last time out. And he did go to a back five in that game. Um, and the reverse fixture, Peterborough did win 4-2 in October. Um, so in terms of a score prediction, I have gone for Peterborough to bounce back just purely because Blackpool away from home are dismal. Um, and I've gone for a two 0 Peterborough win for this game. I think, yeah, I think as as top half clashes go, you know this, you know, you know Blackpool could could surprise us, but of course they've they've played midweek. Of course, you know Peterborough were due to play midweek, but it, it was a home game, and at the end of the day, they didn't play because someone accidentally took the rain covers off. Conspiracy mm. theory. Um, I think obviously Peterborough United will be fresher. Um, I'll go with a, I'll go with a, with a, with a two one, I think. Two one to posh. Uh, to posh. Yeah. As, as much as it frustrates me, uh, um, <laughs> you know, as, 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 as angry as it makes me to predict Peterborough United to do well, I think I've got to get the, uh, I've got to get the win on this one. Okie dokie. So we're going to have some quick fire predictions now. Um, so we've got Carlisle versus Cambridge, a huge game for Cambridge, 24th versus 17th. Carlisle are 12 points from safety. Cambridge are four points clear. Um, we've got one win in five. Uh, they won the reverse fixture. Cambridge 1-0. They don't seem to score goals because it's Neil Harris, but they don't concede too many either because it's Neil Harris. Um, so I have gone for a 1-0 Cambridge win in this game. Do you know what? 2-0 Carlisle. Just Ooh. because. Why not? Why not? If you, I mean, I don't mean to sound rude to Cambridge, but if you're going to win a game at home, make Cambridge the team to do it because because why not? <laughs> um, 
I, you know, I, I, I mean, everyone loves an underdog, so just to be a bit different, I thought, why not? Let's let's go with a two 0 to Carlisle. Okay, okay. Then we've got Fleetwood versus Barnsley. Uh, Fleetwood have one loss in four, so Charlie Adam is doing something right there, and we all criticise the appointment. So fair, fair play to him. He's keeping them within a glimmer of hope uh, with two wins in the four as well with one draw. Uh, Barnsley are now the team in fourth place looking to hunt down the top two, just the six points off. Seem to have great character with their late goals. Um, the reverse fixture was a 2-2 draw, and I have gone for a 1-1 draw in this game. 2-1 Barnsley. Barnsley. I realise when I say Barnsley, I go I go northern, don't I? Um, Barnsley. Yeah, two, two one to Barnsley. Um, uh, yeah, I think you know. There's at the end of the day, they've got that that top six, well, top four quality. Um, I think that'll probably probably show through. Um, come come full time. Um, the next game is Leighton Orient versus Burton. Um, obviously, Orient have had one defeat in 11. Um, they're seven points off the playoffs. Burton had the midweek off, and Orient have played two Tuesdays in a row. So I am expecting a very tired performance from us, to be honest. Um, Burton sit just four points above the relegation zone. Um, the reverse fixture was a nil-nil draw in one of the most dismal games I think I've ever watched. Um, but I have gone for a 2-1 Orient win with um, individual quality actually winning us this game. I think it's it's impossible to predict Burton at the minute. I think they they're just you know I think they were they were playing Bristol Rovers and then they was it they won two one last week last weekend mm. and you're just thinking how have they done that because it's it, how how has that happened mm. but then obviously they, they they'll probably throw a, throw away a game that they should win so um again it's kind of them up in the air Burton obviously didn't play at the weekend uh, uh, during midweek. I'll, I'll go with a one-one. I think one-one. Sorry, sorry, I yeah. don't. You know, sorry. <laughs> I, I, that was that would have been my. I've just gone because I've gone for us to win. You've just gone with the base, heart. With the heart, yeah. <laughs> I I would take a draw, a four-point week. That's fine by me. Um, next is Lincoln City versus Exeter City. Um, Lincoln are unbeaten in five. Exeter have three wins in five and have climbed away from the bottom four ever so slightly. Um, as we all criticise Gary Caldwell, and he should have been sacked. Um, he has done a very, very good sterling job, in fact, I think, in getting them away from the bottom four. Um, the reverse fixture was a 1-1 draw. I have gone for a 1-0 Lincoln City win because your games don't have goals in them at all. Exeter have only scored 25 goals this season. Uh, yeah. I just think it'll be like a Freddie Draper header from a corner or something like that. Yeah, I I think well the only two the only three sides that have conceded less from us all season are the the top three, mm. I think. So you know what you know the the, the defense is there. Um, I I don't want to you know get too overconfident, but Exeter are a side that don't score much either. Twenty five goals all season, you know only Shrewsbury and and Cheltenham I think have have scored less. So, you know, if you look at a team's goal scoring and defensive capabilities, I think this has got a a 2-0 Lincoln written on it. And I, the only reason I say that is because recently with Lincoln, we've seen their ability to to grind out a result, uh, mm-hmm. especially Charlton midweek. Um, that game was was quite impressive from an, from an imp's point of view. I've seen a lot of praise for the side on 
on on X. Obviously, I wasn't at the game personally. I was um, I was in London, but I was at the uh, the O2 Arena instead. Um, but I think it was the, just that ability, despite not playing hugely well in that second half, to just be able to grind out that result. And you know, okay, you know, we dropped two points from from a winning position, but we we got a result in London midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll go with a two 0 Lincoln. Uh, maybe that's a bit of heart over overhead, but um, no, quite impressed with Lincoln recently. You know, I think I, I went from saying that uh, that Scabala was three games away from the mm. sack. I think once uh, said at one point, but uh, no, uh, happy to see Scabala doing well. He seems a lot more comfortable in that role as well. Yeah, um, especially since Chris Cohen came in a few games ago. So um, yeah, two 0 Lincoln. And um, hopefully, I'll be uh, be seen in the birthday with uh, with an imps win. If they don't win this weekend, I think I might cry. <laughs> I also remember you saying that uh, Lincoln City could have could be dragged into the relegation battle. They could have been. Well. I stand by yeah. that. I yeah. do stand by that because you know, if if we if say we, you know, if you take seven points off us, if we if we lose the last three games, you know, we're down in we're, we're on thirty five points and we're we're at level with Reading and Cambridge and Burton and Shrewsbury. And we're saying that they're in a relegation scrap, obviously are a bit further off it now, but I, I stand by saying that we could have, we could have been in a relegation scrap. We're not, and we won't be, but we could have been <laughs> to be fair. You could say that if Portsmouth lost the last 33 games, they'd also be in a relegation scrap, but you know, it's all football is if buts and maybes, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, so the next game is Northampton Town versus Bristol Rovers. And I, I still maintain that Northampton are having a stellar season, um, their first season back in League One. They signed Liam Moore this week, uh, which I think some will add some experience and quality to their back four. Um, they obviously had some injuries, which has meant they have petered out, shall we say, but still a very good season. Bristol Rovers have got three wins in five and sitting in 10th. Again, I think Matt Taylor's gone in there and did a, did a, done a very, very stellar job. Um, and there'll be a team to watch next year as they probably get sort of his full ideas across. Um, the reverse fixture, Bristol Rovers won this 2-1. I have gone for a 1-1 draw in this game. Yeah, I think I think that's got... Yeah, I think that's kind of fair. Um, but I don't like agreeing with you. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I love you, but I, 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 I hate, I hate agreeing with you. Um, so I think I'll probably go with two two, just two two, just to spice it up a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll go a bit different. What are we saying? Are we going? Are we saying if we get the right result? Are we saying three points? If we get the right score, if we get the right result, like win or loss or draw, yeah. then I think one point. If we get we get the results spot on, then three points. Three. Yep. Keep it keep yep. it football themed. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll oh, give yeah. you I'll change our last week's score to both getting three. Um so the next one is uh Portsmouth versus Reading, two very, very informed teams. Uh Portsmouth, as we've mentioned, are sitting seven points clear of third at the top, but have played more games. Reading have one defeat in thirteen, but still only remain just the f- uh, four points clear of the bottom four because they have drawn a lot of games, but I, I think drawing games, especially at this time of the season, is just crucial. Picking up any sort of point for Reading is, is just crucial. And to be honest, Ruben Sellers in the last five months seems to have found a system just to get the best out of absolutely everyone. 
I mean, you've got the individual quality of people like Femi Aziz, Harvey Nibs. You do stand a chance. Um, the reverse fixture was an entertaining one. It was 3-2-2 Pompey. Um, in this one, I have gone for a 2-1 Portsmouth win. I think what, what worries me about Portsmouth is when they're away from home uh, against these sides that they're winning, you know, you look at Carlisle on the 10th of Feb, a 1-0 uh, you look at Port Vale uh, in January, a 1-0. You look at Fleetwood Town away from home again, uh, a 1-0. And then you look at uh, look at Cheltenham away, uh, and they lost that game 2-1. So you, you look at these games where, you know, it, it should be handed them handed to them on a plate, and they just don't, mm. they don't look comfortable. And it's just, I do think that you'll get a few of these games eventually where they will just, They'll just slip up, and I can see this being one of them. I, I can see a um, a one-one. Personally, I, I, you know, I mean, I know, I know that doesn't really count. They're at they're at home this week, so you know what I'm what I'm saying is kind of mute. But <laughs> you look at you look at the you, you know you look at the the games when they're given an easy opponent, and they tend to not take the three points when mm. they're given to them on a, on a silver platter so yeah 1-1 one, one. um and uh, the inner reading fan that i that doesn't exist within me is coming out um and uh, i think i think it might just be because i don't like portsmouth that i'm pretty don't like that. <laughs> i've go. been we'll to go, portsmouth we'll... earlier in in the season is it and... nice is it is it a no. nice place no no no, I was very, very disappointed. I was going there thinking, oh, it would be a nice Premier League stadium. And I, I, we just sat in a load of basically scaffolding and the away ends down some alleyway. And I thought I was literally going to die. I, I think the reason the reason I hate them, I say I don't hate the strong word. The reason I just don't like them is because my, my brother f- bases his support for Portsmouth based purely off the fact that they had a stadium in FIFA 16 <laughs> and everyone did Road to Glories with them. Yeah, and ever since then he's just been obsessed with the team as a whole. We we we're from nowhere near Portsmouth. We're from the Midlands. So what? I I, I know what affiliation he got with Portsmouth. So I, th- I just think that's why I don't like them. I don't like them because of the keys with the bell. It's really annoying. <laughs> really annoying. We're seeing what we're like at corners at, at Central Bank with the uh, the air raid. Sign, no, so. but I'm hoping to go to Lincoln away. To be honest, it's a good ground, a good atmosphere. So people say. <laughs> I don't think I've I've not been to enough away grounds in in League One to really uh, know what uh, to to know what they're basing that opinion off. But you know, if you do, we'll take it as a I'll take it as a compliment if you want. There you go. <laughs> um, so the we're on to the penultimate game now. It's Shrewsbury Town versus Wigan Athletic. Um, as I mentioned, Shrewsbury have the lowest xG in the league, but have two successive draws, one defeat, and one win under Paul Hurst. So something is changing. Um, Wigan are extremely inconsistent, sitting in 14th place and won the reverse fixture uh, 2-0. Um, I have gone for a 2-0 Wigan win in this one. Yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it happening. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling quite draw-heavy this week. I don't know what it is. Just a lot of these games kind of lend themselves to draws. Mm. You know, on 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 paper, Wigan are ahead, but not by much. Shrewsbury, are quite a plucky little side that can, you know, they can occasionally get a result when you're just thinking, why? Um, <laughs> so, 
I, yeah, we'll go with a 1-1. One, one. Uh, you know, plucky little Shrewsbury Town, plucking away, just occasionally getting a point, and that, that might see them see them stay up, although they are gravitating towards that bottom mm. four, aren't they? So, Yeah, I, t- I, I, th- I believe in November I put them to go down and choke them to stay up, so I've still got my fingers crossed that that happens. Sorry, sorry Shrewsbury, think... I'd just like to be right. It is weird to think we are conceivably you know if if sides win games in hand and whatnot in a world where port vale and cheltenham town stay up and shrewsbury town okay expectedly and also mm. charlton get relegated that could genuinely happen it could and what a, what a world that would be as well imagine charlie medlin's uh medlin whatever the fuck he's called has done another documentary and it's charlton till i die and it's just been <laughs> recorded the whole season I would, I would like Fleetwood Town to stay up, just so, uh, just so we can get another round of League One Cots vlogs in, though. Yeah, <laughs> great con. I do it genuinely. It sounds, he looks like a really nice guy, uh, and uh, and thank you for all the compliments about Lincoln City as well at uh, the weekend. <laughs> uh, really appreciate it. There you go. Um, so yeah, rooting for Fleetwood Town based purely off Cods vlogs. So on to our final game of the week. It's Wickham Wanderers versus Oxford United. Contrasting teams, I think, um, to say the least. Wickham are actually underachieving in expected points massively. They are the biggest underperformers in terms of ex- expected points. They should should be eighth based on stats. Um, Oxford United obviously got their first win in five on Tuesday and puts them back into the playoffs where if you're fifth, sixth or seventh, you don't seem to want to be in the playoffs because you can't <laughs> win a football match or be any consistent at all. Um, so the reverse fixture was 2-2. I have gone for a, another draw in 1-1. Um, I just think Wickham seemed to have picked up a little bit recently with two wins in five. Um, Bloomfield did some excellent business. They obviously got Butcher from Plymouth in, in January as well. Um, Oxford have been extremely inconsistent under Buckingham. Um, his subs changed the game um, last night as we record this on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, I've gone for a 1-1 draw in this one. I think... I mean, this is purely off off sentimentality. I don't know if you've seen uh, what Wickham Wanderers are doing at the weekend. They're they're renaming their stadium uh, from okay. Adams Park uh, to Adams Park with with an apostrophe uh, in memory of uh, in memory of Adam Anker's uh, a seventeen uh, year old fan uh, oh, who that's, that's passed away earlier this month. So. I you know it, it's things like that that clubs do, which you know doesn't make a huge you know, feasibly for them, it's just an apostrophe, isn't it? Mm. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, I really like clubs that do that. So I think that, I think that might have slightly skewed it, but we'll go with the, uh, we'll go with 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, um, to, two, to Wickham, yeah. Yeah, when you said they added apostrophe, I've got, it was just something they were going to do weird, but that is, uh, that's I a think, lovely it's, sentiment. It's a really they've nice done thing they've done, yeah. I think, yeah. I just, you know what I mean? I just think it's, it's small things like that that, you know, you could easily just say, you know, we'll have a minute silence, but them to actually, mm. you know, which, you know, is still respectful, but for them to actually do something tangible, you know, for his family and, and everyone around him, that'll mean an awful lot, won't it? So 100%. Yeah, that's a lovely thing to do. And fair play to Wickham for doing that. Um, So that about wraps it up for the preview show this week. Again, if you have any questions of... Uh, what you want to talk us to talk about in the first part of the show, please do tweet us to let us know. Um, make sure you listen to the review show with Seb and Jamie on a Monday evening 
but for myself and Callum, um, we hope you have a good weekend and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.